Well, if you haven't found your seat, please do so. And if you have not received a um, little handout, raise your hand because we have extras if you didn't get one. Is anyone missing one of these? Okay, you're going to want that today. We're covering a lot. Um, my name is Rich. If I haven't said that yet, I'm one of the co-lead pastors here and uh, really appreciate your presence. It's so good to worship with you. It's good to be reminded of the presence of the Holy Spirit at work in and around us. Um, and in other places in our world. Um, so thank you for joining us. Thank you for those of you who are listening on live right now, online right now, through our live feed, or will be choosing to do so in a later capacity. We appreciate that as well. We are today launching week five of our 10-week series on the Holy Spirit. And um, we have been taking time to figure out who is this person? How do we engage and experience more of this person in our day-to-day life? It's not a study, and we'll hit that again. But today we're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so to get us thinking, I want us to do a little kind of community discussion. So I would like for you to take a moment to turn to someone around you, a group of you, and just simply discuss for a moment what are the makings or the ingredients to a good gift, What makes for a good gift? What are the ingredients for a good gift? And so just take a few moments, turn to the person around you, discuss for a moment. I want to hear your thoughts, and then we're going to dive in to week five. Okay, one more minute. <laughs> okay, let's hear. Just raise your hand. Couple thoughts, ingredients, makings for a good gift. Raise your hand if you got something to share. Yeah. Comes from the heart. Good. Someone else? Practical. Practical. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, thoughtful of who you're giving it to, like what it is. Okay. So some thought goes into who it is and who, who the person is that you're giving it to. Okay. Others? Yep. Something you want, but weren't expecting Okay. So something you want, but maybe you weren't expecting it. Okay. Others? Okay. Okay. <laughs> we won't ask what gift you're thinking about right there, but that's good. Others? It's all good. Yeah. Extravagance. Okay. That always is exciting. Others? Okay. Those are good. Thinking about gifts. That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about gifts, and we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. So hold on to some of those because we all have experience with 
receiving gifts, giving gifts. And so I want us to hold on to some of those ideas as we ponder this. And I want to reiterate again, as we do each week, that we are not studying the Holy Spirit. There's a problem that happens when we study the Spirit is that we inevitably try to put the Spirit in a box. We try to contain the uncontainable. Um, And it never works. We're hoping, though, that as we recognize and learn more about the uncontainable, indescribable greatness of the triune God, and in our case for today, the Holy Spirit, that we are brought to a place of awe. We are brought to a place of worship, a desire for more. And that's the hope. And so although today we're not going to try to put the Spirit in a box, we can look at scriptures, we can look at stories, we can look at examples and metaphors to help us open our minds, right? Open our hearts, our souls to receive more, to understand more, to be brought to a place where we desire to engage and experience the Holy Spirit more. That's our goal. So I want us to pray, but before we pray, I want you to have what I call an etch-a-sketch moment. You remember etch-a-sketches, and you, you do something you think is pretty cool, and there's this weird dynamic of, do I shake it and erase what I just did to do something new, or do I just let it sit there for the rest of its life? I want to invite you to have a shake-up moment. I want you to have a blank slate moment where you are able to shake loose and cleanse your mechanisms of your mind from whatever has been drawn up for you about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That includes crazy, wacky, whatever teachings you've heard, and also those transformative, powerful experiences. I want to invite you just to enter into our conversation today with uh, curiosity, um, newness, freshness, whatever you want to call it. So that's how I'm going to pray for us as we begin. So let's do that. Father, Son, Spirit, as we come to you this morning, help us to come to you with a desire to hear, to see, to experience, to engage, to listen in a fresh way. Help us put aside any of that I've heard this all before thought or those things that have been etched in our mind that maybe aren't really to be etched, we pray that you would clean it out, that we might receive all that you have for us today. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, hopefully you got one of these pieces of paper. I am going to give you some fill-in-the-blank, so feel free to follow along if you will. might help you engage and keep up with me because I'm going to kind of go quickly for time's sake. But the very first thing I want us to know about the gifts of the Spirit is that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are given, not earned. And that's really important. Everything we're talking about today is about gifts. These spiritual gifts that we're talking about are given. They're not earned by us. They're given to God to us, not earned by us. And so what I want you to hear right off the bat is this is good news. Okay, this is good news we're talking about. You don't have to work for spiritual gifts. You don't have to clock in X amount of service hours. You don't have to pray X amount of hours throughout your day. You don't have to have the entire Bible memorized or any of the Bible memorized for that matter. You don't have to be perfect, thank God, to get a spiritual gift. The Holy Spirit gives the spiritual gifts based solely on the unconditional love and grace of God for all of us. Amen? And so just like any gift you've been given, the gifts of the Holy Spirit can be received or they can be rejected. 
We have a choice in the matter. But to be clear, we don't have a choice about whether God will give us gifts. But we do, however, have a choice to receive the gifts or to reject them. And hopefully we get this as we think about gifts, because we've all been in a situation when someone wants to give us a gift that we don't want, right? And uh, we've all had that weird uncle or neighbor who always seems to give you the most odd random gifts that, that, again, feel disconnected from any connection to us. But we've also been in that place where we've been offered a gift that seems too good to receive, too much. And we even say something like, oh, no. I couldn't, this is, this is too much, right? So just like any gift, be it a good gift, one we think we want, one we don't want, one we definitely have no desire for, or one we do, it doesn't matter what kind of gift it is, at any moment when we're receiving that gift, we have a choice to receive it or not. Now I want us to remember though that the person giving the gift makes a difference to the process, right? We have people we know who give good gifts, that know us well, who are super thoughtful, that we trust, you name it. And we all know those people who are not good givers, good gift givers for whatever reason. And we also know that those we love and trust, those we feel closest to, who know us, who've walked with us in all the ups and downs of life, when they give us a gift, we tend to be more open to engage and experience and receive that gift because of who it's coming from right? As opposed to someone we've never met before walking up to us and offering us a gift, we might approach that gift opportunity with doubt and suspicion, and we might be very close to receiving it because we have zero connection to it. And so with that, it's important to be thinking about these spiritual gifts with that in mind because it's the Holy Spirit that is giving us these gifts. And so I think it's important for us to focus in on the Spirit for a moment. And to do so, I want us to go all the way to the beginning, Genesis chapter 1. If you have a Bible, you can follow along with us this way. Or, like I said, these will be displayed for you. But this is a picture of the Spirit. It says this, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now, I want you to see here that the Holy Spirit is present from the very beginning. Literally, verse 2 of the Bible, before anything's been created, everything is formless, it's empty, it's dark, it's deep, and the Holy Spirit is fully and faithfully present. And not only was the Spirit present, but the Spirit was fully involved in creation. The next verse says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. The Spirit is present and participating in creation from the very beginning, doing what the Spirit does, and that is bringing light to places of darkness, bringing shape to that which is shapeless, giving form to the formless, giving life to the lifeless, and filling that which is empty. That's what the Holy Spirit does and has been doing it from the very beginning. And it's the same Holy Spirit hovering over the waters in Genesis chapter 1 that we see hovering over and empowering Jesus at the Jordan River at his baptism. 
I wish we had more time to study all the, the places we see the Holy Spirit moving from the Old Testament to the New Testament to right now here in Seattle. But we don't have time. But I want us to hold on to the fact that the Holy Spirit has been doing what the Holy Spirit does from the very beginning. And that the Spirit is no stranger And the work of the Spirit is not some recent thing that just begun, but it's something that the Spirit is the master at. Masterfully creating, gifting, shaping, forming, bringing life to the lifeless from the very beginning. And that leads me to the first thing I want us to think about, and it's a foundational point to the gifts of the Spirit. And that is that the Holy Spirit is the first gift and that love is the greatest gift. Now, I want you to think about this. The first and most important gift we all receive from God is the gift of salvation, and that only comes in and through the Holy Spirit. You may remember the verse, we've looked at it a number of times. It says this in 1 Corinthians 12. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Spirit. Jesus himself prays that we all would receive the Holy Spirit as a gift, and it's the Spirit working in and around and through us, making the presence of God felt, and in doing so, the Holy Spirit invites us all to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for us. And it's in receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit that we are given a new life in Christ. So remember the language, because before we knew Christ, we were dead, We were lost, we were dark, we were empty, you name it. And now by receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, we are now given a new life. We are filled, we are purposed, we are shaped, and we are empowered by the grace and unconditional love of the triune God. So the Holy Spirit is uh, Jesus, is the Spirit of Jesus, and it's the first gift, and that gift is the ultimate gift of love. And like we already said, This is a gift of grace. It's something that is given to us. It's not something that's earned. It's something that we are bestowed upon by God because of love. It's the ultimate gift of love. And that is the Holy Spirit filling us and giving us new life. And as we talked about in our past series, we talked about the idea that when we receive the Holy Spirit, not only do we receive that love, but we get a down payment. We get a guaranteed future in heaven and we are sealed with the Spirit for eternity. So cool. But I want to be really clear about this idea of being filled with the Holy Spirit because this is, again, something that can be confusing. To be clear, everyone, everyone is offered the same Holy Spirit. Everyone is offered the same Holy Spirit, but I want you to hear me on this. We can give the Spirit more of us to be filled with. Does that make sense? So it's not that one person receives more of the Spirit than another. Again, this is about receiving gifts and what we do with them. So it's not that one person was given more of the Holy Spirit, but how we engage with, receive, participate, experience, and open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that's up to us. And some of us have opened ourselves up more to the work of the Spirit and others not so much. And so with that, there's a good question that I want you to ponder, and maybe you want to write it down, but how often are you, uh, how open are you to receiving the Holy Spirit and the gifts 
of the Spirit in your day-to-day life? How open are you to receiving the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your day-to-day life? Some of you may be more open to the Spirit than others. Some of you at one time in your life were more open to this, but now you feel busy and tired and overwhelmed. Some of you maybe feel like, I don't need the Spirit. I'm able to handle life pretty good on my own. Some of you think you received what the Spirit had to offer you a long time ago when you were thinking about this. And some of you never opened yourself to the Holy Spirit. And then there's some of us here that are feeling very much engaged with the Spirit. And I want you to hear it doesn't matter who you are or where you are at with your engagement of the Spirit. It's not that one of you has more of the Spirit. Rather, it's that the Spirit has more of you to engage with or not. It's a relationship. So think of it this way. We all have received the gift of grace and life in that we have a breath to breathe right now. You did nothing to deserve that breath. And the Holy Spirit is that breath. And it's constantly giving you this gift of life at every moment right now. That's the Spirit in you. And some of you can go days, weeks, months without ever thinking about it whether you're even aware of it until maybe you get sick and now your nose is stuffed and now you realize you can't breathe as well. It's not that the Spirit is offering one person more air to breathe than the other. It has to do with our openness and our presence and our participation and our engagement in the gift that God is offering to us. And when we are allowing ourselves to be open and present and engaging to the Holy Spirit, God has more of us to work with. And I want you to hear that the God of the universe is offering each and every one of us an uncontainable spirit that can overflow out of every part of us if we are willing to open ourselves up to it. So the first gift is the Holy Spirit itself, which means this love is the greatest gift. Now, Many of you are familiar with the love chapter found in 1 Corinthians 13. Many of you know I do a lot of weddings, and so a lot of people like this text to be used in their wedding. It says things like, love is patient, love is kind, I need to remember that in my marriage, so let's do it. But not everybody realizes that chapter 13 is sandwiched right between chapter 12 and 14 of 1 Corinthians, which is all about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Why is that important? Because the people in Corinth had gotten really confused about the gifts of the Spirit. You see, they're bragging about certain gifts, and they're talking down other gifts. And they're saying, oh, well, you have those gifts. You're more spiritual than those people who have this gift. And so they gotten all confused. They thought it was about show. It was about a performance. You name it, all these kinds of things. They're confused about these gifts. And the truth is, it still happens today. We get confused And so Paul is helping them understand these gifts. And what he says is that the greatest spiritual gift is love and everyone gets it. And that's the next one. Everyone gets the gift of love. Not everyone gets the gift of healing or administration or mercy, whatever it is. Not everyone gets those but everyone gets the gift of love. And the reason this is important is because love is the one gift that governs and fuels all the other gifts. 
And that's exactly what 1 Corinthians 13 is saying. Look at 1 Corinthians 13 in context of spiritual gifts, what it says. It says this, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the spiritual gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It, does not, it doesn't dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes always perseveres, and like we sang earlier, love never fails. And it goes on. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. Moving on just a little bit further to verse 10. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Amen? The Holy Spirit is the first gift, and that gift is the greatest gift of love. And that gift is is to be designed to fuel all the other gifts. None of the gifts, as it says, work if it's not fueled by the gift of love that we get through the Holy Spirit. Okay, hopefully we got that. That's our foundation. We got to keep moving. The next thing for us to ponder is that the spiritual gifts are good because they're given to us by God. Now, again, we've thought about gifts We understand from the scriptures in our experience that God is good and the Holy Spirit is one of the members of the triune God that we believe in and our good God gives good gifts. Not white elephant gifts, right? Not gifts from our random uncle who always gives us those things that make no sense. And it's also really good to know that God doesn't give us re-gifted gifts. Anyone here ever receive a gift that they never even opened and they had to go to a party and they just handed that gift that they never touched to somebody else? They put zero thought. They just said, ah, you should have this, whatever it is, blender. I don't know what it is. But we've been there. God doesn't do that. God gives us the best gifts, the ones that have the most thought, the most care, the most understanding of who we are. And hear me on this. The most understanding of who we are past present, and future. Some of the gifts he gives us, he gives us with the future in mind that we don't fully know. And it has the most love at the heart of the gift. That is so cool. But the question becomes, what exactly are the gifts of the Spirit? And on your handout, there's a list of various verses that give us a bunch of these. Um, I have them up here as well. But I want you to notice two things. The first thing is, is that none of these lists are identical. It's not like, um, he said, here's the list, and he just reiterates the exact same list four times. No, not one list is identical. 
The second thing I want you to see is that these gifts are mentioned merely as illustrations of the sorts of things the Holy Spirit is doing through us for the body of Christ, the church. In other words, they are not intended to be final or comprehensive, as if the Holy Spirit is limited to this list. There is no limit to the limitless power of the Holy Spirit to give us spiritual gifts at any moment, for any situation, for any conversation, wherever we go. So instead of working out to try to figure out what specific gift I have or what particular gifts I have or what I was given at such and such point, what I'd rather you do is to ask yourself, what is God doing through me for my church and for my community? Start asking yourself that. Or better yet, start praying. God, help me see, understand, engage with how you are working in and through me for the benefit of the church and my community. Because whatever those things are, those are your gifts. That's how God is empowering you. And the reason I bring this up is because there are churches around that believe the gifts have ceased to be distributed anymore. And there's other churches that think only some are being given and not others. At One Life, we believe all the gifts are currently available, have never ceased to be distributed, and that the list is incomplete. It doesn't list everything because God is so much bigger than that list. Now, the scriptures go on. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 says something interesting. It says, there are different kinds of gifts. We just saw a big list, but the same spirit distributes them. And the point of this is that if you're exercising the gift of generosity and the person next to you has the gift of administration, you don't have to be jealous because it's the same Holy Spirit working in both of you. And that's the case for every single one of us. It doesn't matter which gift you have compared to somebody else. It's the same Holy Spirit distributing it to each and every one of us. So we don't have to get jealous about it. And we've all been in situations where we've tried to do things that we aren't good at. Mine is swimming. I can talk about it. I can put on my flashy swimming flippers and my special goggles, and I can tell you how fast I can swim and all these kinds of things. But the reality is when you throw me in the water, the truth will come out very quickly. Swimming is not a gift of mine. We don't have to covet somebody else's spiritual gift. We just need to receive and start using the gifts that God has for each and every one of us. Amen? Now, it continues. 1 Corinthians, the next verse says, there are different kinds of service or ministries, but the same Lord. So we get this, hopefully. Our church has certain ministries that other churches don't have. And there are other churches, even in the community, even down the street, that have certain ministries that we don't do. We don't have to compare We don't have to say, oh, that church is doing better things than we are, or we're doing better things than they are. There are different kinds of service. There are different kinds of ministries, but the same Lord. We don't need to compare. We do, however, need to do what God is calling us to as one life. We need to take the gifts that God is giving us and put those into practice because those become our ministries. Now, it continues. Look at this. It says this. There are different kinds of workings or activities, 
but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Or another translation says, it's the same God produces each gift in each person. I love that. Each gift, each person. Each gift, each person. Each person gets a gift. Which reminded me as I was studying this of this amazing uh, piece of history that happened on September 13th, 2004. It was a moment that changed American history. It was the day that Oprah Winfrey surprised an entire audience, 276 people, with the gift of a new car, Pontiac G6. Let's, let's revisit that for a moment. ...is being given a special package, and I don't want you to open it. Do not open it. Cameras are on you, so do not open until I tell you. All right, open your boxes. Open your boxes. One, two, three. Okay, now, that is the shortest clip I could find. It is the most epic day in the world that you've ever seen for Oprah Winfrey, if you watch the whole thing, because they have no idea. She totally worked this whole situation, and um, they, they were receiving this box, and they were told that there was only one key. Everyone was getting a box, but there was only one key, and they're not supposed to shake it, and they're not supposed to do it, and as they open it, it has never been done before, 276 people getting a brand new car, uh, SNL did the best skit of this where people are literally exploding and ripping arms off and they just are coming out of their right mind because it's so uncontainable. So I recommend you go. I didn't show it, but you should go check it out. Um, God has something better, right? Oprah's saying, you get a car. You get a car. Pontiac G6. She says it that way. G6. And everyone here is like, what even is a Pontiac G6? I have no idea. But that's what she's offering, and she goes around because people can't contain themselves. You get a car. You get a car. Every single person gets a car. God says, I got something way better. The Holy Spirit is saying to each and every one of us, you get a gift. You get a gift. You get a gift. Every one of you gets a gift. And unlike the Pontiac G6 that depreciates the very moment you turn it on, (laughs) if you drive it once, the value's gone. You have to pay taxes. You have to pay insurance. It doesn't get better with use. Unlike that, the gifts of the Spirit gain value the more you use them. Your relationship with God appreciates. More and more people are blessed and transformed as you are faithful to using your gifts. Why? Because it's God that produces each gift in each of us. But why does God give us these spiritual gifts? The spiritual gifts are given to you, but they are not just for you. These gifts are not just to show off or to impress people. Again, Corinthians got that wrong too. God gives us these gifts so that we can use them for others for the glory of God. Chapter 12, verse 7 continues. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So, Every gift that's given is given to be experienced and expressed and shared with the common good. I love that. 1 Corinthians 14, 26 says this. What should be done then, my friends? 
When you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, however you're gifted, let all things be done for building up, for building up the church. And so what I want you to hear is that a spiritual gift is never to be used for tearing anything down, anything, anyone. And when these gifts are used properly, they're always designed to build up. And to be clear, these gifts are not intended to just build up the church on Sunday. They're designed to be used to build up others throughout our day-to-day life, at your work, at your school, with your team, with your neighborhood, your family, everywhere you go. And that leads me to the last point. And that is that everyone has a gift and a responsibility to use it. When we aren't using our spiritual gifts, we are robbing everyone here and in all of our relational spheres and everyone out there is robbed when we aren't using our gifts. People are missing out on the joy of seeing others blessed and God at work in and through us. And we also miss out on the experience that on experiencing the very things God has best designed us to do at any moment of the day, wherever we go. We miss out on it. You see, each and every one of us was made to use these spiritual gifts, and these spiritual gifts are intended to be visible and vocal. They're designed to be seen and heard. So think of it this way. Jesus, when he was alive here on earth, could only be one place at one time, just like us. But through the power of the Holy Spirit and the outpouring of the gifts of the Spirit, God can now, through the Spirit, be in 2.3 billion places at once. Because they say there's 2.3 billion Christians here on earth. And so the Holy Spirit has been given to all of them. Spiritual gifts have been given to all of them. They have been filled. The Spirit lives in them and can be made manifest in and through them and through us at any moment of time, 2.3 million people. On top of that, they say there's around 7.5 billion people who are alive on our planet right now, and the Spirit can be present to all of them as well. How? As we've talked about many times, every human being is made in the image of God and bears the image of the triune God. Doesn't matter where they live, the color of their skin, the language they speak, the gender they identify with, what political position they hold. It doesn't matter what their age is or how much wealth or hair they have or not. The Holy Spirit's image is in some way expressed in every human being, which means that the Holy Spirit is at work in everyone, whether they are aware of it or not, giving them and giving us the gift of life and grace and love in the very breath we breathe. Now, the thing is, when the followers of Christ take responsibility for and put into use the spiritual gifts we've been given, now people get to see and hear the Holy Spirit working in and through us. The common good gets to experience the Holy Spirit in tangible ways through works of service, through relationship, and through community. When we start engaging and taking responsibilities of the gifts that we've been given, 
people get to have tangible experiences to see the Spirit at work. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 13. To one is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts... But all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we all are baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. When we drink in and are filled with the spirit, we become aware of the spirit. We are moved, maybe think of it like drinking something else. We're influenced by the Spirit. And it's here where we start to understand and realize and trust and engage with the very good gifts that the Spirit has given us. When we drink in and are filled with the Spirit, we become more and more comfortable using our gifts for the common good, for the church, and for building others up in love. And when the entire body, each and every one of us, each and every person who calls themselves Christians, everyone who's engaging with the Spirit in some way, starts doing that, there's absolutely no telling what God can do. Amen? Now, as we say, we cannot cover everything, so we're going to stop here. Next week, we're going to be talking more specifically about what these gifts look like in action in our day-to-day life. We have a special performance that's going to happen for that as well. I really hope you will come. But I want us to end um, with some questions. So I'm going to invite the worship and prayer team to come forward. And as they do, they're going to play for a few moments to give us some space to um, ponder, think about the application, if you will. Um, And I'd invite you to share with me. I would love to hear from you, whether you use your connection card or that piece of paper. You could turn it into one of those wood boxes. That would be great. We're looking to hear from you about what the Spirit is teaching and encouraging and challenging you with, how the Spirit is using you. So question number one. On a scale of one to ten, how open are you to being filled with the Holy Spirit and to receive the gifts of the Spirit? And I want you to be honest. How open are you? There may have been a moment in your life where you're open and you had an experience that wasn't good. There may never have been a moment and you're wondering why. Hopefully you feel invited into that. Wherever you are at, how open are you to receiving the Holy Spirit and the gifts that the Holy Spirit has for you? And an explanation. Number two, in what ways do you feel the Holy Spirit has gifted you to build up the church and the common good with the love of Christ? And I want to be clear. I'm not asking you how the Spirit used to do that to you with you five years ago or 10 years ago, whatever. I'm asking you to tell me right now, present situation, how is the Holy Spirit moving in you, gifting you to build up the church, the common good, to express the love of God to others? How is the Spirit doing that in you right now? And if you're not sure, that's fine. That's a good question to keep pondering. But I would love to hear how God is doing that right now. 
I'm gonna close us in prayer. I wanna remind you too that the prayer team will be up here and they would be honored to pray with and for you for anything that you have, for any questions you have, whatever. Take that opportunity as well. Um, But I'll close us in prayer and then the worship team will lead us in one last song of response. Father, Son, Spirit, we thank you that you're not some stranger coming up offering us something that we have our suspicions and our doubts about. Lord, you are the God of the universe. You are a good God. You are the one who's given us life, who's given us a breath to breathe, who's provided for us and protected us. And you give us gifts. Gifts that aren't things that we can do on our own, but that you empower us to do for your glory, for the good of the common good, and for the building up of the church. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would help us to open ourselves up in whatever capacity. Maybe we recognize that there's an area in our life where we've been closed off to. Lord, help us to feel the invitation to release that and open ourselves up. Maybe it's for the first time in Holy Spirit, you're moving and you want to fill us. Have your way. And God, as we go from this place, help us not to, to close back up. As we walk out the door, as we take a breath, help us remember that you are the spirit out there as well, moving and leading and guiding, giving us words when we don't have words, giving us visions when we don't have visions, giving us abilities that we can't do on our own for whatever situation and circumstance and place that we're at, you can do that. Help us to be open to do whatever it is you're calling us to for your glory. We love you. We ask your spirit to move. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.